everyone. Welcome to Simplexity, where we simplify the complexities of life and bring a little curiosity and contemplation to meaningful and sometimes difficult conversations. I'm your host, Allison Stoner. The simple question, who am I, and the bottomless bag of answers into which our hand grabs repeatedly, directs and interprets our lives profoundly, from our earliest memories to how we enter relationships to whether we'll search for meaning or just a means to an end. The possibilities for what one human might experience among 7.7 billion of the same kind is boggling and inextricably connected to every other organism and planetary matter. Think about it. Identity is the bedrock for so many things. Conversations, differentiation, democratic politics, marketing campaigns, you name it. And I believe our identities are like a mansion with many rooms, views, and trap doors worth uncovering. In fact, our future kind of depends on this curiosity and contemplation. But like a teacher told me once, if you anticipate this work to be automatically strenuous, draining labor, come back when you have a sense of humor. So imagine MTV Cribs is inviting you to give a tour of your place, aka your identity. No pressures or judgments, simply peel back the curtains one at a time, notice and describe what you find. This is the first of many adventures for us, and our guests, the experts, can help with the uh, heavy lifting. With that said, today we are going straight for the motherload. <laughs> We're talking about the formidable force called power, with a woman who has experienced and engaged with every position on the power spectrum, complete powerlessness, uh, harnessing her own power for survival, and successfully empowering other people, and facing the ugliest, most corrupt and abusive forms of power firsthand. Prepare to be inspired. She's currently in the UK, so we're piping her in today, but we'll, of course, have plenty of folks joining in studio. Mariam Jam is a Senegalese businesswoman and technologist. She's also a former refugee who was sex trafficked during childhood. She did not have a formative education and taught herself how to read and write, and now is at the forefront of the technology revolution that is transforming Africa. She's the CEO of Spot One Global Solutions, founder of iConscience, and her recent venture, I Am The Code, is a movement aiming at mobilizing governments, businesses, and investors to support girls and young women in science, technology, engineering, arts, math, and design. If you haven't figured out how she's on the show today, return to the part where I talk about power. Take a listen. Miss Mariam, given your extraordinary journey, what does the word power mean to you and how has its meaning changed over the years as, as your life and uh, positions in society have changed? Wow, that's, uh, that's an amazing question. First of all, thank you for inviting me to, uh, to your podcast. Um, Power means freedom for me, because when I was growing up as a child, I didn't have a power to make some changes. You know, when I was taken away from my country, I didn't have power to do anything. And so I think now I'm in a position to, uh, you know, make people understand what power is, meaning so you can make decisions or you can fight for yourself or fight for other people. Mm. Um, for me, power is, uh, is freedom. And I think over the years it has changed because um, 
I've managed to, uh, I guess, identify, you know, how do you use power to change the life of other people and change systems and, and change, help government and help uh, women and girls and growing up in marginalized communities and LGBTQ guys and, and people who really need their voice to be heard yeah, and trying to get the power, show them that they have power inside of them. I think that I managed to uh, gradually, as I grow up as a, as a leader, to, um, to help people understand um, what power is. And for me, uh, power is absolutely freedom. Mm, I love that. And I don't believe that your success is a coincidence. What do you think the connection is between your early experiences and where you are today as a businesswoman and global influencer? Yeah, you're right. There's, there's, there's no coincidence. Um, at the age of five years old, I was abandoned by my mother and many young girls growing up across the world today are suffering the same situation. And when I was 11, I didn't have the power to stop my Quranic teacher. My country is a Muslim country. You have these men who um, were seen as the powerful guys and, and everybody counted on them. And they, behind the scenes, they abused girls who were vulnerable like myself. And at 13, I was taken away from my country again to, to go on the street of, of Paris. And so, so those, those accumulation of, of difficulties and, and pain in, um, in a tumultuous childhood I had, I guess, gave me determination to grow as a young woman, but make sure that, you know, many young women and girls growing up across the world don't suffer as I suffered as a child. And now I have a power and influence to change people's mind and heart and, and ensure them what empathy and compassion um, society we should be in helping other people, but also making the right decisions. People have, they can make decisions. They can really change things if they want to. Hmm. Uh, people, if someone wants to make a difference, they can do that. You know, as I grow as a leader, I know that. I know that I can do that. I've got a connection, so I... I can go and talk to people about, you know, why a young girl should be safe in a in a slum in 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 Africa because we need to put the safeguarding system in place. We need to make sure, um, you know, that the people around her are uh, are DBS checked. Like in the UK, they they have good criminal record. They don't have a criminal record, or or they they decent human beings who just want to help other people. So. Uh, so I use my power to change systems and also make sure that. Uh, people are safe um, when they when they sit somewhere to read and learn and um, feed their brains with uh, information. They can do it in a very free uh, in in a, in a very free way. So um, yeah, that's that's what I'm doing right now for um uh, for women and girls across the world. So for many of us, we are obviously privileged to be able to read and write from a young age and we have access to education and here you are you taught yourself how to do these things what mm -hmm. what uh change happened within from the moment you attempted to learn how to read and write to the first sentence that you constructed for yourself and said this is a new tool i've done it well that's that's a brilliant question um when I say power is at uh, is freedom, uh, information is also freedom because once you know how to read and write your first alphabet. So I wrote my first alphabet when I was 16 years old. I didn't have any information in my head. I didn't know so many things. I had really no idea. I was in a country where uh, I could be abused and people used to shout at me. I didn't know my human rights. I didn't know that I could um, have ice cream. I didn't know I could buy things. I didn't know I could have money. I didn't know I could have a bank account. And um, 
because I couldn't read and write. I didn't understand what I was signing for. So I didn't know I could have a passport uh, or even have an ID card. What information gives you and when you start reading and writing and have a, a basic literacy and numeracy, um, you understand data around you and understand information. And I think that the first time I started reading my first alphabet and uh, you know I got my, my book in my local library and I just start really you know, understanding what biology was, what mathematics was. I love numbers, and uh, I was very fascinated with uh, uh, symbols and um, and how numbers, are, the shapes. I was fascinated with shapes, and uh, I like small uh, things that I could repeat and and mm. recite. Because then the information didn't come straight away. I didn't, I couldn't understand what I was reading just because of the lack of of education from the beginning. But I think once I start understanding that two plus two equal four, and I was really fascinated and I wanted to do more and more and more. Mm. And so that's why my, my brain works in a different way. Uh, I've been always fascinated with numbers and shapes. And that's how I become a coder in, in, in learning, uh, in, in getting to, to, to put numbers together. And I think that we as a society, we do take what we know for granted. And there are many people today who don't have a basic information even uh, knowing that they are human beings and they can actually, um, you know, they can have a freedom and they can have information in their head. Um, it's fascinating when you realize that um, there are over 131 million young women and girls who don't have access to education today. Uh, we have a lot to do as a society. Yeah. And you now, speaking of languages, you are multilingual. You speak seven or more languages. What, what are they? I speak a lot of languages, but I also speak technology, computers languages. So I'm a coder, I'm a full stack developer. So I speak coding languages. I speak uh, Java, Python, Ruby, and I speak uh, French and English. And, uh, and now I'm learning Portuguese and Mandarin. So, um, and, and for someone who didn't have an education like me, I, uh, I speak a computer language and a normal language. <laughs> wow. Now, tell me about I Am The Code and how it's making a difference in individuals' lives as well as Africa's role in the tech race. You know, I Am The Code, again, is, is based on, uh, on trying to give people digital freedom. And, and so I set it up to just go and help young women and girls and, and also now boys growing up across the world with... Uh, with digital poverty, uh, where uh, we have a digital divide, many people will not have access to computers or, as you said earlier, don't have access to information. Mm. Um, so I, I know that um, when a young girl know how to code or can build her own websites and can monetize her knowledge um, to get money and feed her community or her family, her community changed. So I Am The Code was set up to uh, make sure that policymakers across the world and, and, and investors and private sector guys um, and businesses um, start paying attention to this inequality uh, in the tech in the tech world. I teach young girls how to code in basic coding languages and help them to understand the societal issues, mm. climate change, for example, which is uh, making many young women and girls across the world poorer. Uh, they're losing their, their spaces, their homes. They are forced to, uh, you know, live outside in Nepal, uh, in Haiti, in many, many places. They don't have a, a place to live. Uh, mm -hmm. They don't have uh, bathrooms or, uh, you know, what you and I take for granted in the West, they don't have it. So I, I feel that if we can use technology as a way of, of helping them understand uh, their environment, uh, hopefully changes will happen. And so now we in 65 countries, and we taught uh, within just two years uh, 15,000 girls how to code. Wow. Um, and uh, 
yeah, we're growing across the world. And Africa is, is really dominating uh, the world because we leapfrogged as a continent. And when everybody thought that we couldn't do it, it mainly people were focusing on poverty, which we now have in the West, in the United States, in, and in the UK. We have a lot of poverty now. And so we're now leapfrogging. And I think the good news is that we can now check what we learned as a continent, the, the, the kind of like innovation we have right now. We can share that globally. Which we're doing with uh, Mpesa in in Kenya. Uh, we now have many many innovations growing up across the continent that we can now uh, share across the channel. Yes, you said in uh, an interview with BBC News that uh, Africa is no longer a colonial subject. It must be seen as an investment opportunity that Britain is losing out on, often because Absolutely. of our prejudices. I, this may seem very obvious, but for those listening who are maybe unfamiliar with the situation, what are these deeply rooted, lingering prejudices from outside forces? And then what are the disempowered beliefs from within the countries that are enabling this cycle? For example, many people don't know that Britain and, and France colonized in 52 countries in, in France, 17 African countries were colonized by France. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so the legacy is still there. But, but I think that for many, many decades, they have forgotten these countries. Um, but Africa and, and Asia, we didn't wait for people to come and rescue us. And, and now you've seen it is a complete shift. Uh, you see Britain, for example, they're coming out of the EU. And for many years, they've forgotten Africa with the, the, the resources, the extractives we have, the land we have, so many things we have across the continent. Uh, we've been vegan for many, many decades now. <laughs> vegan is very popular in the United States. And so now you have this shift of uh, of culture. Uh, I think my point was that we need to start paying attention to emerging countries um, and, and leaders are growing up um, in those countries. So like in Rwanda, for example, they are absolutely focused on climate change issues. They have over 65% of women in parliament. Um, gender equality is not even an issue in that country. Uh, you know, leaders wow. are women and girls are setting up their businesses. Um, entrepreneurs are developing the the solution local solutions to solve local problems so i think there's need for globalization but also there's a need for education and learning from each other uh, rather than just thinking the power is just in one direction the power right. should be both ways and we need to start reciprocitating this um this knowledge and um and, and have a this tra- transaction where the transaction doesn't have to be financial but it also need to be a transaction of skills mm-hmm. to that point you're creating with I Am The Code a, a new economic model for girls beyond just being receivers of aid. Uh, you're creating tech hubs that help place girls and women on projects and in networks. What are the main challenges you're facing with the current market and, and fulfilling your mission? Well, I mean, the current challenge we face is that we have a bank of innovators in Africa, amazing innovators. But again, the West doesn't trust yet Africa 100 percent. They still think that uh, we have human rights issues. We have war. uh, We have so many issues in the continent. Mm. And so they focus more on the negativity rather than seeing us as opportunity. And so those are the biggest challenges, selling our continent, uh, making sure that people know that uh, actually Africa is a healing continent. You can go and learn uh, and do so many things uh, in, in there um, and make friends and, and really, you know, you know, do business and work with Africans. So th- that's one of our biggest challenge. But also we have a challenge in uh, in African government, for example, not looking after their people properly. I work in a refugee camp in Kenya where this is one of the biggest refugee camp in, in East Africa right now 
where we have over 180,000 people live in the camp um, mm. and uh, where 18,000 of them are women and girls where uh, you know those girls will never come out of the camp they've been growing up in a refugee camp uh, for, for for all these years and so I think it's time for the African government to give uh, you know those refugees a chance to come out and so we as an organization we're very proud to bring people at the camp not uh, as tourists, but also to see how resilient those girls are. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've been going through difficulty in their life. They they lost their mom, their dad. They 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 have nothing, absolutely nothing. But despite uh, their difficulties, they are um, staying proud and dignified. They're working extremely hard. They're very very good um, in schools. And so uh, what I what I thought to do rather than leaving them there, um, waiting for the world and for the West to rescue them. I thought as an African woman who been through, you know, in, in similar conditions where society was, uh, you know, f- forgotten me as a young girl. Now, um, you know, t- now I've got a power um, and, and freedom to to make a decision. So I went to the camp and, and asked um, some of the partners to get the girls to learn how to code. And ultimately, uh, you know, they need to be part of the digital world. Mm-hmm. And so now the girls are coding they thinking about their businesses and we will be there in about two weeks time wow. um, to meet to meet the girls. So and, and in, in the next 10 years, you know, one of those girls will come out uh, from the camp and, and emerge as a as a tech leader. But we need to start now um, because if we don't start now, um, it's never going to happen. You do an exercise with the kids you have them write their biographies when they start the program can you yeah. can you tell yeah. me yeah they uh, do write their biographies yeah they, they love writing their biographies and uh, they all want to become mariam sham which is not very good <laughs> <laughs> i think it's pretty good you know one of the things that really touched me when we went to the north pole together mm-hmm. was your your passion and and your authenticity and uh, i do show your you know our picture together when we were there oh. so Wonderful. So they're starting to know other people now, people like yourself. Oh, yeah. good, good. Okay, do you have a, a special moment or a story that, that one of the kids told to you that really stood out? All the time, Alison, all the time. And I cry so much, you know, because mm-hmm. they, they are so amazing uh, human beings and um, they're just so beautiful and so so authentic and so raw. Um, I have got this young girl, I you know, many of them actually, but this one I'm always watching her she recited the, the united Nations charter by heart literally wow. and then um I, I couldn't believe it so when i when we came to the camp she said i heard about your name and i want to say something i said go ahead and she said uh, i know the united Nations charter by heart and she's kind of reciting the charter this is the charter by eleanor roosevelt <laughs> you know so I said, what and then she gave me examples of why young girls in the camp should understand the human rights and um and so i took that video to uh to the un and i showed it to a couple of folks at the un and people were like really bursting Lord. in tears yeah. and this is a young refugee girl who grew up uh and, and was she was born in the camp uh and but she knows united nations charter i don't think she really knows what the charter you know has the implication globally and all of that but the fact that she could recite it uh, in front of me uh, to show me that she knows her human right and she wants to become the next United Nations Secretary General was very touching for me. And then that wow. gave me hope that, uh, you know, to your point at the beginning, if you inform people and give them information, the little information you give them can, can really change their life. And she's now a very young, sweet, passionate lady who mm. um, 
who likes um, uh, poems and uh, she, she likes she likes spoken words. Wow, uh, she's very very good. Well, how can we <laughs> support the initiative from the West or however whoever is tuning in listening? Absolutely, I mean. Um, we, the people are supporting supporting the I am the code initiative you know by just by 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 listening uh but also by i think by just realizing that actually there is a, another word out there mm. uh people are people are suffering and we need to as a collective society we need to do something about this people are not looking for charity or aid they're looking for human connection uh and they're looking for someone to just say i've seen you um i, I will do something about this and empowerment right empowerment total empowerment um also give them hope you know when you come from uh, the background we came from every day is a hope for us every day is a freedom um you know you put discipline together and 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 and, and hard work to to achieve what you want to achieve because you you know in the 1980s 1990s i never thought you know i'm going to be sitting and and having a podcast with you <laughs> mm. so you know and and every day is a hope so people like us we live in hope and then every day is a new day and i think that's how we uh, maintain our sanity mm. so so inspiring um can you describe what images come to mind when you imagine uh, outer power um sort of the force of power that you see and feel in the world uh and then an image that represents your inner power, the force you you hold and wield within. Every day, I I think about um, when I was at the tube station in France. That was the you know the, the day I was picked up by the French police. That that was the day I I knew that there was something that will change. And then I think that today I see a sea of young girls who are so looking for 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 you know for my help and and, and um it's overwhelming um you know the, the amount of need and 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 just small conversations and i receive it today i receive a a message from a young woman who said to me i am so lucky to be alive because you are next to me mm-hmm. um and, and so those kind of conversations um you know when i go to bed i i think about uh, the responsibility, um, but with uh, the amount of responsibility on my shoulder. Yeah, and I mean, you are t- truly a, a maverick and a powerhouse. You are doing so much good every moment, every day, and your investment in other people, I'm speechless, truly. And however we can support, you know, we will continue doing so and playing our own role within our own communities because. Not everyone is meant to solve the same problem. Um, We all have to do our own part in our own topics and areas. Um, What what advice, there are just a few questions left. What advice do you have for people who are currently experiencing powerlessness or feeling disempowered? I mean, I mean... Just, just, just the podcast you're doing is is giving us power because you know we are in a in a totally different world. The world is divided, but the fact that you had have us again give us give us opportunity means that someone will listen. Uh, and to give an example, we had a podcast from a lady uh, in the U.S. and um, she heard about the girls at the camp and uh, and she took that that podcast to um you know to big meetings and then. Um, People were really overwhelmed to to hear the voice of the girls because the world don't know what their voice look like, mm. um, and, and and they didn't even know what my voice was you know look like. And so I think the fact that you have our voices on a podcast and then our stories to share that is very very empowering for us. And I think that 
for the world is is really to be together. There are so many people who are suffering, Alison. Um, but we all have power in us. But someone like you need to, or like me, or someone else, we need to hold people's hand and we need to pay attention. Mm. Uh, pay attention to something we don't know. Sometimes it's very uncomfortable. It's overwhelming. It's too much, and because we're all busy and have busy lives, but I think sometimes we just need to see, you know, something in us that just pay attention. And I think that what you what you're doing now is paying attention to to, to our stories, and 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 this is how people get to know who we are and and get to be inspired. Because we didn't have a choice when we were growing up. It wasn't our fault to, to be born in those places where harm was done to us, uh, neglect was present. Now we're in a position where we can inspire others. The power is really being able to reciprocate and listen uh, every day and be grateful for what we have. You know, we are, myself and the girls included, one of the biggest things the girls talk about all the time is gratitude. They sing gratitude like daily. Even despite they live in the most bad place, hot, really, really hot and, and, and terrible place every day, they feel that they're very, very grateful to live. Um, mm. You know, when you're breathing every day, you don't have a, don't have any illnesses and, you know, you can go and buy stuff. You can, you can go to the, you can do your stuff. You can wake up and do things. And some people, they can't wake up and do things. So for, for us, we're, we're very grateful to just be alive. Mm. Final question. What is the single best way we can use our power right now to shape the world? It's just by listening and sharing, opening our heart, paying attention to every single detail. We have everything. We have connections, we have money, we have everything. But I think what is inside of us is being able to pay attention to other people mm. and not being afraid of uh, of paying attention. Most of us, we, we're very scared of to pay attention because when you pay attention, you know, it's very difficult. Paying attention, you know, in a very disciplined way can make a massive difference. I love that. And to not center our comfort, to center the stories that need to be heard and work beyond our privilege and comfort. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Well, thank you. Let's pay attention to love. (laughs) Yes. Yes, that is the soundbite for forever. (laughs) Um, Now, if we want to uh, keep up to date with I Am The Code, is there a site or an account to follow? Absolutely. There is IamTheCode.org, and we have a mission to train um, one million women and girls uh, to learn how to code by the year 2030. Um, And you can become a volunteer or, you know, a mentor. The girls need some mentoring right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, absolutely. We need everyone to to get to meet those girls who lives in the the most deprived uh, places in the world, but they're very strong, powerful women, and they need your support. And our future bosses, absolutely. They they future CTOs. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, thank you so 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 thank much. You, no, thank you. It was nice to see your face again. I know. <laughs> it's been a long time. I hope to see you soon. Yeah. Thank you, Alison. Thank you for everything you're doing for the world. We appreciate you. Very much likewise. Enjoy the uh, the rest of your night, and I'll see you soon. Absolutely. Okay. Thank you so much, Thank Alisa. you. <laughs> I'm honored to have met Mariam during a trip with Future Talks, a community that connects youth and leaders from all sectors and continents around the most important discussions of our time. To support Mariam's mission, visit IamTheCode.org. 
Now to end each episode, I'm extracting three key takeaways from our guests and turning them into mantras that you can repeat this coming week. This is designed to activate your personal transformation. So think of these affirmations as a gift that keeps on giving. I'll say each twice and then you can repeat the third in the empty space. First, power and information are freedom. I will not take for granted what I know. Power and information are freedom. I will not take for granted what I know. I will pay attention to love. I will pay attention to love. I am grateful for all I have. I am grateful for all I have. Thank you so much for listening to Simplexity. I'm so glad to be having these conversations with you all. It would mean so much if you could take a second to rate and review this podcast. And if you haven't already, click subscribe to be first to hear each week's episode. I'm Allison Stoner, signing off on Simplexity. It's anything but small talk. Peace.